What's up, everybody? Today, we are going to talk about some breakout candidates for the Wizards this upcoming season. And who stays in D.C. longer, Jordan Poole or Wes Sunsell Jr.? And at the end, we're going to um, answer one important mailbag question. So definitely rock with us today next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Brandon Scott again with my guy, the real Ed Oliver. Today, or the, thank you for making Lockdown Wizards your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every single day. So today we are going to talk about some breakout candidates, who takes that step forward this season, and then who do you think stay in D.C. longer? Jordan Poole or West Elmsdale Jr.? And at the end, we're going to answer a mailbag question. So let's dive right in, E. Um... Looking forward to the, I mean, the season's coming up, football and basketball season coming up. So, uh, important time. Um, preseason's right down the road. Um, we're going to look at a, a couple of players who could be breakout candidates. So, starting with the first one with you, um, what, what's one guy do you think takes that step this season? Um, there's so many guys you can choose from, so many young guys you can choose from. You got Danny in a contract year, you got Corey Kispert fighting for a starting spot. Um, you got Daniel Gafford, who's going to be the clear-cut starter, and you don't really have much center depth behind him, so he's going to get a lot of playing time this season. Uh, a lot of guys with chips on their shoulder, Jordan Poole. You know, I think he already broke out as a player, but he could definitely take a lead. But I think uh, – and then Tyus Jones getting the starting. This is going to be Tyus Jones' first – most likely his first starting role from the jump, not being behind John Morant uh, to start the season off. So – uh, you could throw him as a candidate in there too, but uh, Johnny Davis is a guy that you could possibly put in there too. But I, I am going to go with Denny, man. I am. Uh, Denny just put up a picture on Instagram that he flew into DC, so he's training. He's doing something different this year, where he's not going to be over and playing playing with FIBA. Uh, he's not going to be working out with Drew Hanlon. He's working out with somebody else, and he was working out with somebody else in Israel on his shot. Now he's going to be working with the Wizards staff this year all summer. No FIBA basketball, no injuries, no virus or COVID in the off season. So this is. Uh, a different offseason for Denny, for him to get in the weight room, to just focus on ball handling, finish around the rim, different moves on his offensive game, and to work on that three-point shot. So I think that's clearly what he has to work on. I think he has the opportunity to do that. Um, Bradley Bill not being there, Brzingis not being there. Still going to have a lot of guys that are going to get shots up with Kyle, with Kuzma and um, Jordan Poole. But if he plays with the bench unit, I think he can dominate with the ball, have the ball in his hands a lot, be a great passer, great facilitator, great facilitator. Just getting the rebound and pushing it and going, but the Achilles heel on his game is going to be, can he hit an open three? Are guys going to, you know, stay back and not even guard him and stay basically in the paint? And he's kind of just a liability out there. Are we going to see Turbo Denny where he was cooking in those games after Rui got traded? Or are we going to see the Denny who was very consistent? And then he got better towards the end of the season. But I think he has the, the most to prove this season coming up in a contract season. Is he going to get another contract from Will Dawkins and, and Travis Lane? Because these guys didn't draft him, so he has a lot to prove. But he's an excellent rebounder, excellent defender, good passer. The only thing that's holding him back is shooting and the left hand. Uh, and I'm, so it's, it's hard to say only because I'm naming so many things that are holding him back. But um, he he probably does have the highest ceiling. You know, Corey Kisper is a great shooter. I love the way he shoots and, and he can pa- he can pass and cuts. But Denny. 
does have the highest ceiling. If he does reach his potential, I do feel like Denny has the highest ceiling out of some of the young guys on the roster. Um, Gafford, once again, he's got to has to have a point guard that can set him up. But I do think if he has a mid range game, he can take a leap as well. But I'm, I'm gonna go with Denny, man. This is a big year for him, so I think I think he's the guy that should be taking that leap or breaking out. Yeah, just for a sake of conversation, I'm gonna mention another player, but I agree on Denny, man. Um, I'm gonna get on Denny real quick. Yeah, I think he definitely breaks out. I think he definitely takes that step this season because, you know, if you look at years past, you know, he came in, Russell Westbrook was the guy, you know, Bradley Beal was there. So he he was kind of, you know, catch and shoot, sitting in the corner. He he wouldn't really been utilized right under Scott Brooks. Um, then the last couple of years, you know, he's kind of been from three and D wing to, you know, his his role changes. You know, now he has the opportunity where he has plenty of playing time where he can kind of figure out his game. And I agree with you. You know, at first I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe slide him into the starting lineup because it is in his contract here. But, you know, making him maybe the primary ball handler on the second unit, I think can really get the most value out of him because he's one of those players where he needs the ball in his hand. Now, obviously, you know, we know what he needs to work on. You know, his three-point shot, you know, his left hand, you know, list goes on. But I think he, t- I think he really works on his game because, like you said, that photo of him flying in the D.C., it's kind of telling everybody that he's coming here focused. Look, he's ready to work because he knows, look, this is a contract year. This is a very important year for him, you know, not only as a member of the Wizards, but just for his career period, because even if his future's not here, he's got to get that contract. So this is a really a prove it year for him. But I think he takes that step. I really do, because I think, you know, obviously we know his defense is elite, in my opinion. But, you know, the offense comes around. This rebuild is going to be a shorter rebuild because if he breaks out, this is going to be a very competitive. I'm not saying they're, you know, I'm not sitting here saying they're going to be a, a six seed or above or a playoff team or championship team, but you're going to see start to see chemistry with this group of Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma, and Denny because really those are the three most important players right now. You know, you can argue, you know, other players, but I, to me, those three are going to be kind of the headliners for this group next year. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get on another player real quick, and I'm gonna say this: I'm gonna say Jordan Poole. And like you said, as a player, you know, whether or not he can play in the NBA, you know, he already said he already showed that he can. But going from a six man role to being pretty much a number one option, I think he's going to put the league on notice this year. Now, obviously, you know, being on the Wizards coverage is not like being in L.A., New York. You know, we don't get many prime games and, you know, we're lucky if we get one or two. Um, so the exposure is not going to be there. But I think he's going to put the league on notice that shows that he can be a star. I think he's going to develop be a star at DC. Um, so I think he's going to break out and he's going to he's going to put all star numbers up. And I'll go so far to say that he could push towards thirty. Why not? I mean, because he's going to have the opportunities now. I, I expect more, maybe twenty five points, twenty two points a game. But to me, he, he's a definite breakout candidate for solidifying himself as a foundation of a franchise, as opposed to when you know Golden State, he was kind of you know six man, you know in the shadows, Steph and company. So. He is going to let his star shine bright this year, and that's why I think Jordan Poole is going to be a breakout candidate. Oh, certainly, yeah, he's capable, and uh, he's had great um, playoff performance. I don't know, last year he was bad in the playoffs against the Lakers, but people forget about the Memphis Grizzlies where he put up 31 points. Um, look at some of the games that he played without staff. He had 43 points against the Raptors on December 18th. He had 41 points against the Trailblazers on December 30th. February 8th, he had 38 points. Uh, March 30th. He had 38 points in 2022. So he's had some crazy games, and now he, he is going to be the number one option. It's going to really be going to, going to be between him and Kuz. 
where he's going to go out there and, and he's going to take a lot of shots. Both those guys are going to get a lot of shots up. He's going to be handling the ball. There are going to be a lot of times where he's going to be playing point guard uh, when Tyus is on the bench or sometimes even when Tyus is on the court where Jordan Poole is going to bring bringing the ball up. And um, he's going to have free will. He's going to have autonomy to take any shot that he wants. Um, and he's going to have the greenest of green lights out there. So he's going to get a lot of shots up. And he potentially could, if he can calm down on the turnovers and just be a little bit more efficient, and show a little bit more effort on defense, I think he could potentially make an all-star team. Kind of like, like what Laurie Markkinen did for the Jazz, where they started off hot, they went 10-3, and three, but they started, you know, they kind of regressed to back to where the media or consistent stuff they were going to be. I think that could happen with the Wizards, where he could have a Laurie Markkinen kind of season. Or you brought up when <laughs> the Wizards got Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas was a hooper. He was just a guy that, you know, could just score and get shots up and make tough shots and get to the basket. Jordan Poole does similar things to Gilbert. Not comparing him to Gilbert, but he definitely is a bucket getter, kind of like what Gilbert was back in those days for sure. So just coming to a new team, fresh start, keeping his head on his shoulders, being a leader, I, I can certainly see that too. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, both of them are really good candidates because I think both of them can break out. Like I said, I you know I had to break it up for the, you know, the sake of monotony, man. But, you know, getting back to Denny real quick, I think he breaks out. I think he finally figures it out on the offensive end because he, he knows that, look, this is a big pivotal year for him. You know, like I said, as far as individually as a player and this where he, his long-term fit in D.C. is. I think that, you know, if he breaks out, they definitely extend him. You know, mm-hmm. and I definitely think he comes back on a team-friendly deal. But, you know, yeah, I mean, like I said, I've always been a fan of, of, his, of his game, his work ethic. It's just, you know <laughs> – Obviously, we don't mesh well with you know with some fans, and that's cool. But um, <laughs> no, we're both big fans of Denny. You know, I, I would love to see him break out because you know why wouldn't I? You know, I want what's best for this team. And really, if you look at shortening this rebuild, the best case scenario of all people is Denny breaking out. You know, he is that pivotal piece to where if he can break out, you're going to have some serious talent on the team, man. Um, and then going back to Jordan Poole, you know, like you already covered that. You know, he is definitely already solidifying himself if he can play on his level. He definitely can, but. He finally comes out of the shadow of Stephen Curry. I think he shows that he could be a leader on this team. Absolutely. He's going he's gonna to have a great year. So um, those are two great breakout candidates that I, I think we both can agree are going to. And, and last thing I'll talk about, Denny, is his confidence, keeping his head up. If he has a yeah. bad game, keep your head up. If you have a bad shooting game, keep your head up. Don't complain to the refs. Get back on defense. Confidence is going to be a huge part for Denny as well. Great point. You know, there's always been a confidence thing with him. But, you know, the, um, the fact, you know, what, what I said earlier about, not having a lot of pressure on him, you know, not having to perform, you know, the backup Brad or, you know, he's got more time to kind of find his way, you know, put the ball in his hands a lot more. You're going to see a lot of confidence with him this year. So I, I definitely agree. So we're going to go ahead and move on next to, you know, we're going to bring up Jordan Poole again. Who's going to be in D.C. longer, Jordan Poole or Weston Sell Jr.? Man, that's a good question. So before we move on, today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue, you know you're already doing it. So why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? It's officially summer, and a new season means new clothes. But your closet shouldn't be the only thing growing when you make those purchases. Now you can also watch your cash grow back with each purchase with Ibotta. Finally taking that summer vacation you've been planning, but dreading buying all of the necessities before you take off, it's time to stop spending your hard-earned cash and without getting anything in return. Enter. Ebody. Ebody gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure that you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you get your cash back. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ebody, you get real cash back, real cash in your pocket. That 
you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and a lot more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCK when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCK. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play Store or the App Store and use code LOCKED. Ibotta. And Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we have former Locked On Wizards host, Deontay uh, Daniel. Excuse me. So it's going to be a good, good episode. So definitely tune in. We're going to talk about, you know, what his take is on the lineups and what the vision is going forward for the Washington Wizards. So definitely tune in. So next on the agenda, Jordan Poole and West Sunset Jr. Who's going to be in D.C. long term? Who do you think, um, that's, that's a really, really good question. That's a tough question there. Uh, oof. um, th- I think this is a trial year for, for Russell. So junior, once again, they did not hire him. Um, I know Ted of course is, is fond of Wesson. So junior because of the legacy, his dad and the history and all that. Um, but I think it's a trial year. I don't, I don't, I don't see us winning a lot of games. So it's kind of not really fair to West either because we're not going to have the roster to really compete with, you know, the heat, the Celtics, uh, who else? The six, even even the Sixers trading James Harden, um, Heat, Celtics. But I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. We we just don't have the horses to compete. We're in a rebuilding year, a research and, a, and development year. They're researching to see, you know, how they feel about Corey, Denny, Gafford, guys that they didn't draft. Um, Tyus Jones is a guy that they're most likely going to trade before the trade deadline. Same thing with DeLon Wright. Same thing with Gallo. Same thing with Shamet. So you got a bunch of veterans that you're looking that you're probably looking to trade for the trade deadline. So there's going to be a lot of moving pieces and a lot of moving parts. So not a lot of chemistry is going to be had during the season two. And then probably after the trade deadline, you're going to try to play Ryan Rollins, Pat Baldwin, Vucevic, and all the young guys. And Mascali, you're probably going to try to trade him too. So uh, the the favor is not really in West Unsell Jr.'s favor right now. Um, the last two years, he kind of showed who he is. I still I, He's still learning as a coach, but, you know, he's supposed to bring in uh, – he's supposed to improve the defense. The defense didn't improve much at all. Um, you can say I'm not gonna say it got worse than what Scott Brooks's defense was, but it didn't really get much better. Uh, and that's the unfortunate thing about it. And then um, just the the losses where we're up, you know, the 15 we're up by 15 points, and you they find different ways to lose. The Clippers loss was embarrassing. Uh, his first season losing to the Nets at home by 40 points uh, when KD unfortunately uh, crossed up Daniel Gafford. So um, yeah, I mean he's had some good point. He he's had some good things, but. The the bad has kind of outweighed the good with Wes Unsell Jr., to be honest. And some of it's not all of his fault. Some of it is the roster construction from Tommy Shepard. But um, yeah, I, I think this was, I think this is the last year for last year for Wes. And I think they move on. Uh, as far as Jordan Poole, do I don't think he's gonna be traded this year. I just my my gut feeling, I don't think he's gonna be traded. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna move forward with, with him. Uh, I don't think I don't know if they're gonna try. I don't I don't know if they're gonna use him as a building as their franchise guy. He's got to prove to be that, of course. But uh, I, I think Jordan Poole stays uh, at least two years in DC. That's that's just my my gut feeling. And then maybe they find a trade partner, or if it does work out, how Shea Gilgis Alexander worked out with the Thunder, then he'll be here for the long for the long haul. And maybe they actually do. That's that's the best case scenario for Jordan Poole. But my gut is that. They eventually find a trade partner, maybe year two or year three or something like that. Yeah, I think Jordan Poole definitely stays longer than Wes. Mm, um, yeah. He's got too much young star power. Now, I don't think that he's a guy he, being the guy 
no, I think he's definitely part of the foundation of a team going forward that, that you want to build to be a, a contender. Absolutely. Because look, he's young. He's got, he's already got star power. You know, if you're trying to sell tickets, that's important. You know, so I, I think that and he's already showed leadership. I definitely think he's going to be here for the long run. Now, whether he gets a second contract here in DC, I don't know. I'm with you. Maybe he gets flipped year three, year two. You know, we'll see. But I definitely think he's a player that can definitely help this team reach a level of contention. Now, Weston Sill Jr., like you said, two years, he's already showed what he can and can't do. Um, supposed to be a defensive minded coach, and defense has been hot garbage. Um, <laughs> I mean, his rotation has been questionable. Um, not making important decisions and blowouts where, you know, you could have put change the lineup a little bit and maybe stem the tide a little bit. You know, he was hesitant to do that. So he, he's definitely got ways to go to prove that he could be a head coach in the NBA. But, you know, kind of, you know, comparing sports, it's kind of like Ron Rivera with the commanders. You know, it's kind of a, pr- a prove a year because you got new ownership with the commanders. And it's likewise with the Wizards. You know, it's not ownership, but you have a whole brand new front office, which they have no links to West. Now, I get it, the whole name, you know, his dad's important. But, you know, here's the thing. They only go so far. You know, it's one thing to have the name connected to you, but you got to win. Look, why is his dad synonymous with his franchise? Because he won. I mean, heck, he won the only title we got. But, you know, he won. That's how he's synonymous. You know, you got to win, man. But so the name only goes so far. So um, he's got to make some changes, you know, and, and here's the thing. It's tough for him because, you know, can you really judge him off a win-loss record? Because, not, I mean, they're a rebuilding team. So, I mean, what would be – what factors would, you know, kind of keep his job for him? Well, I mean, progression from the young guys. You know, you got to see steps from Denny. Denny, Like I said, Denny is probably one of the most important pieces of his team. Why? Because he holds so many cards. You know, if he, if he has a breakout year and he improves his team, that helps out West with his job security. It helps out Denny with his bag. You know, it, it, it helps the young. You know what I mean? It's just it's so many factors just around, you know, Kispert and Denny because you got to see some progression. That's how you gauge whether this is a successful season or not. It's not going to be win-loss because, look, we're going to be a top 10, top five draft pick team. And, you know, I mean, I, you best believe that probably three-fourths of these uh, veterans on expiring deals are gone by the deadline. So your second half of the year, you're looking at, you know, trying to get a lot of these young guys like Patrick Baldwin, Johnny Davis, you know, Bilal playing time so it's not going to be a successful year as far as win loss records so can he progress these young guys and implement because look what did we say last year i would like to see how west can do with a rebuilding team where you can find the players to implement a system black body can defend denny can defend you know you got the list goes on delon's a defender you know you got now you brought brought in guys who are defensive minded guys now i get a jordan pool's not <laughs> he's not going to be a you know, you're lucky you get an average defense out of him. Let's be real. <laughs> you know, let's just be real. And um, kids for it the same, but you got the defensive minded guys who can be cornerstones. You know, Bilal, Denny, they can defend at a high level. Now you're just adding offensive repertoire. You know, that's all you're doing. So, you know, the ball's in the score. You know, West has got to respond, man. He's, de- he's got to respond because, you know, Jordan, like I said, Jordan Poole's got star power. He's a, he, I mean, he was a star power and, and where he was a six man. <laughs> I mean, he's already, because if you look at videos online, basketball most of the time you're going to see highlights from jordan Poole, from his passing from his from his, his baskets you know his attitude you know he he is a well-known commodity in the nba right now so he, they got to capitalize on that you know same thing with coos when he does fast you know this is the time you know if you look right now yeah they're rebuilding but they're also looking you know forward as far as business wise you know, you know so this just business people are going to pay to come watch jordan Poole play basketball in dc so um we're going to get into a mailbag but before we do you got anything you want to cover as far as jordan Poole and west 
Um, no, I just like the point about development. Yeah, do they have a plan? Of course, they got a plan for Bilal, but how does how does West implement him? Of course, you know, if Bilal's not going out there averaging, you know, 10, 15 points, then, you know, I'm, I'm not – I wouldn't get mad at West about that because, you know, it's going to be a, a, a long development, developmental process for Bilal, but can he get the best out of Denny? Does he have a plan for Denny? Does he have a plan for Corey? Uh, how is he going to get these young guys better with playing time and what kind of rotations does he have out there too? So, and we know he loves playing the veterans, so – Guys like Anthony Gill, he loves playing them over Denny and guys like that. So, um, you know, I just want to see how he does with that as well. Late game situations as well. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I wouldn't judge him on win loss because the roster is just not good enough. But I do think that they want to, and they brought in some other guys too. They brought in David Vanderpool. They brought in Brian Keith. So they brought in potential replacements. They brought in guys that they've 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 co- they've had on their staff before. Keith was in OKC. Vanderpool. Uh, has familiarity with the front office as well. So they definitely have a plan to move on from West Elso Jr. Ooh, yep. I mean, I totally agree, man. You know, I think that they're, they're, they set it up to where it's showing proof time for a lot of people, not just West. You know, they brought the personnel in. And, and, and you know, we mentioned this, you know, before is that now the excuses are over. You know, they, they revamped the front office. And they brought in the coaching to back him up. It's on him now. If he doesn't respond, there's no excuses left. You, there's no excuses left. So that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I, you know, I, I hope Wes figures it out. And I really wish him well, man. You know, I really wish, he, you know, he can really bring a lot more, you know, more respect to that name, man. Because like I said, his dad is very synonymous with his franchise. So uh, moving on, we got a mailbag question. Uh, this mailbag question is from uh, on Twitter or not Twitter, Lord Hammers, on uh, YouTube. And it's from Mr. Dot Anderson Space Ghost. Four four nine three. Wow, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> and his question is: Is it a failure if our next three first round picks are outside the top five and we don't make the playoffs, or is it just tough luck? What, what do you think? E? Um, I I wouldn't say a failure, but you you do want to get as many darts as the dart for it. You want to get the best picks available. Um, if you have a chance at Victor or Scoot Henderson like last year, then you definitely try to get uh, as, as close as you can. The Portland Trailblazers, they decided to tank and mail it in before the Wizards did, and they were smarter. And I don't even think they got this. The, they weren't even the third worst team in the NBA. I got to look it up and make sure. Um, but they moved up in the lottery, and they got Scoot Henderson. And they were able to catapult and push their um, rebuild faster with Scoot Henderson. They already have. Uh, Shade and Sharp, but again, Scoot Henderson, a talent like that, that that makes your rebuild go faster. So you just got to get, you have to get the the best players. And I get it, you know, the front office they have to evaluate. And you know, there are your Giannis's out there. What pick thirteen? Kawhi was a later pick. Steph wasn't a top five, or t- Steph wasn't a top three pick. Um, Clay Thompson wasn't a top five pick. So Draymond Green was a second round pick. Look at the Warriors, different organizations that have been able to. Uh, fine talent you know look at the thunder Jalen Williams was with 13 pick or something like that and Lou Dort was a second round or undrafted guy Jokic Nikola Jokic was in the second round so I know the argument against against tanking or getting the 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 worst pick possible or the highest pick possible is that you just have to have guys that can evaluate talent but at the same time um, you just got to get blue chip players and typically that the first three picks of the draft are blue chip guys Paolo Venture I think we would love to have him on the roster we would love to have Victor on the roster. Uh, we would love to have Scoot on the roster. Um, and, and even the year before that, getting Johnny Davis, if we would have lost a little bit earlier, we could have got somebody like, you know, Benedict Matherin or Jaden Ivey at pick five. So, you know, 
us getting pick nine, pick eight all the time, you kind of stay in that middle. You kind of get a solid player instead of a blue chip guy. And that's what fans have been with, upset with is every year with 35 and 47, we keep getting pick nine, pick eight, pick 10 instead of getting pick three. It's kind of like find a direction. Either you're going to win a bunch of games or you're just going to be bad and get that top pick. So I think this is the time where the Wizards definitely need to get a top five pick. Um, and as well, they can't fool around this year, too, with with whether they're going to pick a direction. They kind of do have to bottom out because our pick with the protections for the John Wall for Russell Westbrook trade, the Knicks own the rights to that pick. If they finish, if they finish um, above, it's, it's top 12 protected. So they have to have the 12th best pick or, or higher. So if they fool around and go 35 and 47 or 37 and 40, whatever, 37, 45, and they fool around and get bad lottery luck and get the 14th pick of the lottery, the Knicks take our pick away. So they cannot mess around. Um, but I do think, it, it, is it a failure? I wouldn't say it's a failure, but yeah. And even the year after, Cooper Flagg, who was talking trash to Bradley Bill, a guy like that, I don't think you want to miss your chance on getting a guy like him either. <laughs> um, and then if we don't make the playoffs, or is it tough luck? Uh, outside this, is it a failure for our next three first round draft picks, or outside the top five if we don't make the playoffs, or is it just a. Um, I, I wouldn't say a failure, but I do think they need to get blue chip players. I think they need to definitely get the, the highest pick as they can. Um, this this draft coming up isn't great, but I got to look at the draft with Boozer's son and Cooper Flag coming out. I think that's the draft where they definitely need to bottom out and get one of those two guys. Yeah, I, I see both sides, man. But I'll say this. Um, top five picks aren't always guaranteed, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Bennett would tell you that straight up. Greg Oden, too. I mean, you know, if you look at a long list of guys who have become – all-stars in this league you know i mean all right i'm gonna go through a list real quick all right kenneth farid 22nd overall all right marcus all 48th overall ray john rondo 21st overall tony parker went 28th overall mano jabobli 57th overall kobe bryant 13th overall steve nash 15th and that's just a few names sean kent went 17th i mean mark jackson went 18th i mean it's just it really comes down to development you know, I think the biggest thing about the Wizards is why we have failed to have any success in the draft. It's not so much talent. is that we have failed to develop that talent. Now, you can argue that. I mean, I mean, any draft you can look at and say, all right, we missed on this player. We missed on player. You know, we were talking about that year that they traded uh, for Randy Foy and Mike Miller, and we, we messed up a chance to get Stephen Curry. You know, obviously, that was just a stupid trade because you missed out on talent. But, you know, there's, I mean, it's just there's a long list of players that we've just failed to, to develop. So you got to learn how to develop regardless of the, of the draft position. You know, I get it. You know, you always want to, you know, the more guaranteed guys, I guess you want to say, are in the top five, I guess. I mean, you know, the Jalen Greens, but it's not always guaranteed, man. And you really have to develop no matter what. So I think that, you know, because like I said, the list goes on to guys who have been drafted. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Dennis Rodman with 27th overall. And these are guys who are, you know, are all-star level guys. So it's just it's all about develop to me, development to me. Yeah, you you, you want to aim for top five, but still, you have to be able to develop talent. And that's what we have failed to do for as long as I've probably been alive. I, I cannot remember the last time outside of Bradley Bill and John Wall that we developed a guy who became an all-star. I mean, you know, I mean, Otto Porter was all right, but I, I wasn't really in favor of drafting him that high. You know, it's just the list goes on. I think we need to focus on development. I mean, I, you know, I get aiming for the top five, but I would rather put together a world-class, you know, scouting and, you know, get into analytics, you know, you need to still have old school guys and really learn how to develop guys because, you know, you can find diamonds in the rough in any place in the draft. Draymond Green, you know, Jordan Poole's homeboy. I mean, 
he is a second round talent. You know, the list goes on. So, yeah, I want to see us really become kings at developing talent, scouting talent, because it's that that's where you find your diamonds in the rough. Because you can find diamonds in any position in the draft. So I, I agree with you, Ease. Just to me, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you know, no matter where I'm at, I'm trying to find the best diamond in the rough. So mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta pick the right player too. Now you look at the the flip side too with the top three picks. John Morant was a top three pick, Jason Tatum top three pick. He's been in the playoffs multiple years. Joel Embiid, top three pick, third pick of the draft. He's been in the playoffs multiple years. Luka Doncic, top five pick, been in the playoffs multiple years. So um, there's definitely good sides to the argument because the guys, majority guys in the playoffs right now, Joel Embiid, uh, Luka Doncic, uh, LeBron was the first pick of the draft. Anthony Davis, the top five pick in the draft. Um, they won a championship. So there's there's so many top picks that have won. Um Trying to think about Trey Young, top five pick. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then we, we were good. We had to get two guys in the top three pick. Like you, like you talked about John Wall and Bradley Bill. They were both top three picks, John Wall being the first pick of the draft. So the last time that we get that we did get top three, and that's just how it's been. With Tommy Shepard, you had to get a top three pick. We just didn't trust the front office to find a diamond in the rough. Maybe with, this, with these guys, there's hope that they can find a guy, a pick nine, pick eight, pick ten. Um, and that they are better at evaluating talent. But when you had a guy, when you had a staff or the front office that we had last time with Tommy was like, yeah, we're doomed. If we don't get a top three pick, then we're basically doomed. We don't have a top five pick, we're doomed. So there's hope with these guys that they could find, you know, Desmond Bain, pick 28, or like you said, uh, Dennis Rodman, guys like that with late picks in the first round. So we do have hope with this with this front office. So it's not like the last regime. Yeah, I agree. You know, because Tommy and Ernie, man, just couldn't draft to save their lives, man. <laughs> so, you know, we're definitely in good hands. No, I agree with that. It's kind of like, you know, the Flip side of the same coin, man. You know, you mm-hmm. can find success with a top five pick. It's just one of those things, man. You know, I think with top five pick, it's not so much a development because they're top five pick. It's, it's finding the right fit. You know, I think that Charlotte made a good move by drafting Brandon Miller as opposed to Scoot. And, you know, I mean, you can go with the talent, but who's the better fit? The better fit because if the player can fit the system, then you're helping the organization out and you're helping the play out. So that's kind of where I'm at. You know, it's kind of, the, you know, flip side of the same coin. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, but you got to be able – to find that guy that fits your system and and plus you know find the diamonds in the rough so um we're gonna go ahead and roll out um we definitely appreciate everybody um before we roll you have anything else you want to cover real quick no that's it all right all right man so appreciate you guys definitely appreciate you guys um like subscribe comment below hit that notification button let you know when our videos come out because it's dope content and we're going towards the season so definitely tune in Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day, every day. And tomorrow we have former Locked On Wizards host, Deolante Daniels. So definitely we're going to talk about lineups, uh, vision, the trades, what, how he grades the trades. So definitely tune in because it's going to be a legendary episode. So definitely tune in. So again, appreciate you guys. Um, hail to the Wizards and peace. Everybody have a good day.